Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of our ShawLocal.com Bears Insider Podcast. You got... The same crew as we do every week. Our Chicago Bears beat reporter at Bears Insider is Sean Hammond. Our group sports editor at Sean Media, Kyle Neighbors, is here. I'm Hub Arkish, and uh, it is good to get to visit with you all again. we got to figure out a way to do podcasts where we can talk back to the people listening. That would really be fun. Uh, but until we get that technology, guys, we're just going to tell you a little bit about what's on our minds this week. And uh, we've got a fascinating football team. You know, guys, I cannot remember – a five and one team where a significant percentage of the fan base wanted the coach and the GM fired. I mean, it just, it's really crazy when you think about it. And I understand what some of the frustration is. I mean, there's no question that the offense is embarrassingly bad and, you know, the head coach is supposed to be an offensive genius and all that, but you can't just discount five and one. I mean, there's only three teams in the league with a better record. And when you look at uh, past history and the stats, this team's going to be a playoff team. It would take almost a miracle for them not to be. And if they do improve, and that's a big if, but if they do improve, you know, who knows what they could do in the playoffs. So, I, I, Kyle, it's, it's puzzling to me. I get it. You know, people are frustrated with the offense. They're frustrated with the quarterbacks. But you're 5-1. and one. You, you know, you, you got to take some satisfaction in that. Yeah. I, I mean, neither of these guys are going anywhere at this point. I, I get the frustration over Ryan Pace more than I get it over Matt Nagy. Um, I think we have a large enough sample size with Ryan Pace that there are certainly some questions that can be raised in terms of uh, his decision-making over the years. But uh, you are right. There is a lot of angst, uh, you know, amid Bears fans right now. Um, and each week it just seems to grow. Despite the fact that they continue to win, it just seems like there, there's more of an outcry with each passing week. Yeah, I, I mean, Sean, I, I came away uh, from that Panthers game really impressed by the defense. They, they definitely took a big step forward. They played their best game of the year. Uh, I don't think the Panthers are a legit contender, even though they were 3-2. and two. They're 3-3 three and three now, but their offense was producing. There's no argument about that. It was one of the more productive offenses in the league going into that game, and the defense played its best game in, in maybe a year and a half. And, and, you know, that is part of the football team. And so even when we talk about Ryan Pace, and, and yes, I get it, you know, the decisions on the quarterback, they didn't improve the offensive line, but he has brought in every single guy on this defense except for Kyle Fuller, and it may be the best defense in football. So, you know, minimally, I, I just think you kind of got to take a step back and look at both sides of the story. Yeah, I would agree with you, Hub, that that was their best game of the season uh, defensively. And we finally started to see, you know, sort of a, a – 
uh, a wave there of turnovers, which is the one thing that they hadn't really had up to this point. You know, they had gotten some key turnovers at some key times, but but three three takeaways in that game that was huge, and that really uh, changed the momentum of that game, even from the first possession. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, you got to give Ryan Pace credit too. Even like a guy like Mario Edwards, who doesn't get a ton of snaps, but he's come in and he's been really productive in that role that they have for him. And he had a sack on Sunday, and and just little moves like that have really paid off. Well, Kyle, here's what's interesting to me about, it, or at least one of the things that's interesting is that you know Ryan Pace did not play in the NFL, but he did play uh, defensive end in college football at Eastern Illinois. And he's a defensive guy. And, and we see this all the time. Now that doesn't mean he can't judge offensive talent, but that's where I guess the frustration comes is the perception that all he can do is build defense. But, but again, when you, when you dig a little deeper, he's the guy who went out and got Allen Robinson. And, and, you know, my frustration is they haven't used enough high draft picks on offensive linemen, but the ones that they did, if you talk about day one and two picks, you're talking about Cody Whitehair. You're talking about James Daniels. You're talking about Hronis Grisou. Hronis Grisou was a bust. Whitehair and Daniels look like they could be pretty good players if they were on the field. Uh, you look at running back. I'm, I'm not disappointed in, in, in David Montgomery yet. Uh, you know, Darnell Mooney looks like an interesting pick. We don't know what you got in Cole Komet. It really, there's such an outsized weight on the quarterback in this game. And we understand that, you know, and, and that is real. I'm, I'm not disputing it at all. But it's not that Ryan Pace has done a bad job. It's that he seems to keep going backwards on the quarterback position. Yeah, obviously, uh, missing on Mitch Trubisky is going to be put around his neck for probably his ten his entire tenure in Chicago until they have an answer at, at the QB position. But, you know, outside of that, you mentioned he's done fairly well in the draft at offensive line. But you look at wide receiver and tight end to Kevin White early on in his tenure was a bust. Adam Shaheen took in the second round, right? I believe it was the second round pick. Yes. Yeah, and obviously that didn't work out. Um, I I think the reason you feel or Bears fan feel this kind of angst, and obviously it's different sports and the windows work in a different way, but you saw kind of the Cubs go through a rebuild in the idea of having sustained success. You saw the White Sox now try and open that window. And I think the frustration you're feeling from Bears fans, they're saying, well, yeah, you might make the playoffs this year, but we don't feel like there's a core in place to have a three- or four-year window with this offense. And I, I, I don't know about you, Hall, but that's kind of why I feel like there's still this kind of feel, feeling that there isn't enough being done to have this be sustainable. Well, there's, only question, there's no question, I should say, that the offense is nowhere close, but – I'm pretty sure, I'm more than sure, I'm positive, the only guy on the defense who's 30 years or older is Robert Quinn. And, and so it's not like this window is, is closing immediately. And, you know, even when we talk about Kevin White, that one makes me a little nuts because the guy had three straight season-ending injuries. He was never on the field for more than a couple games. That's not so much – I, I do think he missed on it, by the way, and I said it the night he drafted him. I had my doubts. Uh, but um, even in that, you know, he's not responsible for the injuries. And, and so that's where – um, it's, it's a Bears fan thing. Uh, it's a, I saw a poll earlier this week, uh, uh, and I don't know how scientific these polls were. I think it was from Wallet Hub or one of these deals uh, where they said Bears fans are the fourth worst complainers in the NFL. Um, I don't know how you judge that. I think Bears fans are great fans. Um, but who, but there's is, no, who is number one? Um, I'm trying to remember now. I, I don't. Uh, I think it might have been the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, that, that's what and, I was going to guess. Yeah, the Cowboys were in there, the Eagles were in there, and uh, I want to say the Giants were in there ahead of them. I, I could be wrong about that. 
Um, but you know, the, the major markets, the, the, the fans who think they're supposed to win every year, that type of thing. And again, I don't know, you know what the science was behind the study. Um, but it, it, it's what the bears live with and they know it. And you know, the other thing guys that drives me nuts though, is, is we hear from all these fans for what they're making, they should do better. You know, I mean, I don't blame them for making a lot of money. I wish I could, you know, we all wish we could. I think it's envy. I think it's jealousy as much as anything else. It's not about what they're getting paid. It's about whether they're good enough football players or not. So anyway, we know they're not good enough on offense guys. And one of the things I, I wrote about earlier this week at shawlocal.com, and I know Sean has, has touched on this a bit as well is, well, how do you get better? You know, because they do need to get better on offense. Nobody's disputing that. The offensive line isn't good enough, and I don't think the people are in Lake Forest right now to make the offensive line good enough. Everywhere else, I think you're kind of stuck. I don't see where you're going to – you're certainly not going to add another quarterback. Uh, you know, I don't know any quality wide receivers, tight ends, or running backs that are out there. Uh, there was one out there, and we'll talk about that in a couple minutes because he was out there for all of a few hours, and the team that went and got him was pretty frustrated to me. Um, but on the offensive line, are there moves that can be made? You know, Sean, the, the trade deadline is coming up in about 10 days. It's, it's, it's actually election day. It's November 3rd is the trade deadline. Uh, there's not a lot of reports out there of teams, you know, make working the phones trying to deal guys. Uh, but what you do is you kind of look at the situations these teams are at. And, and I sat down and went to find guys who are going to be free agents next year who their teams either may not want to sign or know they can't sign, and thus they might be willing to deal them before the deadline. It's not unlike baseball or any other sport. And there actually are a few guys out there who would make the offensive line better. The question is, are the Bears, number one, prepared to go for it? And number two, would they pay the price? And, and I don't know exactly what the price would be, but the guys I'm looking at, I think you're talking about a third or a fourth round pick. Yeah, I mean, if this is – are the Bears all in? I guess that's kind of what we're, what we're talking about here. Are they all in and are they going to go for it? They, from the sounds of it, you know, they're optimistic about Rashad Coward, but I really don't think that he's the answer there. Uh, you know, they have a big enough body of work um, that, yeah, maybe you can fit him in there for a few games, but is that really going to be a long-term answer? I don't know about that. Um, so it'll be curious to see, and, and you talk about, like – a guy like Quentin Spain, who's a free agent now uh, that Buffalo just dropped too. There's another option there with experience. Who knows really what happened there at the end of his uh, tenure there with the bills, but there's, there's opportunities out there and, and the bears, uh, you know, we're going to see if, if they're serious about this. Yeah. You know, guys, Quentin Spain is, he's played in the NFL. To me, he's not a guy who moves the needle all that much for you. There is a reason that he was put on the street. Um, Buffalo is still looking to upgrade their offensive line as well, even though they let him go. So yeah, I'm not saying that he might not be better than an Alex Bars, who they won't put on the field, which I don't understand, uh, you know, or Rashad Coward, who really is a converted defensive lineman. But Kyle, let me throw a few other names out there because these guys are, are guys that I feel somewhat confident would be available if the Bears got aggressive. Uh, one of them is Alex Mack. Yes, he's a 35-year-old center in Atlanta, but he is still playing at a very high level. And uh, he's going to be a free agent next year. And if Atlanta could get a, a high day two, uh, day three pick, or maybe, I don't know if I'd give up a third for him, but, but I think Atlanta would probably take a fourth round pick for him. You move Cody Whitehair back over to, to guard. And, and now you've got uh, Mac between Whitehair and Jermaine Effetti. You've definitely upgraded things. Uh, another guy that is fascinating is Joe Thune, who is playing on the franchise tag in New England. I think the question there is, you know, Belichick's not dealing him if he thinks 
thinks they can still make a run this year. You got to wait another week or two and see. They've got two interesting games. I think they get Buffalo a week from Sunday uh, and another test this Sunday. So uh, if they win those two, then my guess is they're not dealing Thune. But if they if they were losing both, I would think they would. That could cost you as much as a second or a third round pick. He's that good. He's a Pro Bowl guard. But that's what you need if you're going to go for it. And then I come to Cam Robinson, who's a lesser-known guy, but he's a former second-round pick out of Bama who's down in Jacksonville. He's a pretty good left tackle, uh, going to be a free agent next year. And with Jacksonville, it's not so much are they willing to pay him is that they're looking at a rebuild anyway. And so, you know, if you can get a third-round pick for a guy that you only used a second on and probably isn't going to be around by the time your team is ready to contend, that's how these things work. And, and so those are just a few of the names I came up with because I think any of those three guys – would upgrade the Bears' offensive line. Yeah, uh, you know, we felt really good, or I should say I felt pretty confident in this Patriots team at the beginning of the season. Even after that loss to Seattle, I thought this team was going to be able to contend. And, um, you know, after watching that game against Denver uh, this past Sunday, I started to have major questions about that roster. Um, I do still think that they're going to go for it and probably stay in contention. Uh, I don't think Joe Thune is going to move, but that would definitely be a, a, a fantastic get if they were able to pry him away from the Patriots. Um, Alex Mack, I think it's probably the most reasonable ask uh, for an in-season trade just because Atlanta is such a mess. Um, you know, they've got uh, quite a bit of money already committed to their books. Alex Mack, 35 years old. If you can pop him in there at center and move white, uh, white hair out to guard for the remainder of the season, that's probably your best bet to get through the year. Um, I, I'm really interested in Cam Robinson. I liked uh, that you wrote about him. Uh, I just feel like that's probably more of an off-season move. I, I'm not sure if Jacksonville will move him before the deadline. I don't think they're going to resign him, though. Um, I, I do think that's a, a possible target for the Bears in free agency, though. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. We don't know what his expectations are. Um, you know, it's really a question of what uh, uh, Jacksonville is thinking. Where can they get more for him? Is the pressure that they can extort more from a team like the Bears or Buffalo, whoever wants offensive linemen, by doing it at the deadline? Or could they maybe go up around in the pick they get by waiting until after the season? The problem is if they wait till after the season, he's a free agent. So unless they tag him, they can't deal with him. So the only way they're getting something in return is if they deal him before the deadline. Um, uh, and that's what makes him intriguing. And, and each guy is a little bit different because if you got Alex Mack or Joe Thune, I think those are rental players. I'm not sure that there'd be any intent of having him back next year only because in, in Mack's case, he'll be 36 and Thune's case, because he's going to command a huge contract. Uh, but in the case of Cam Robinson, who's 26 years old, uh, you get him now and you make a deal with him. If you think you've got your left tackle for the next three, four, five years, we know how hard those guys are to get. And, and under Ryan Pace, the Bears have not drafted an offensive tackle higher than the seventh round, you know, and, and you're just, you're not going to find them there. And, and so uh, I, I just think it'll be interesting to watch. What, what I alluded to before, guys, is this concept of going for it. And what's been frustrating to me the last week is given a chance to go for it, the Seattle Seahawks, the only team in the NFC with a better record than the Bears, went for it. Snacks Harrison was out there. Both they and the Bears were looking at possibly plugging the front, as were the Green Bay Packers, by the way, who also were trying to get him to come in for a visit. And Harrison was signed to the Seahawks practice squad. We don't know. I don't know yet what they paid him. I don't know if the Bears ever even got into to the race for him. And again, I'm pretty happy with the defense. But I mean, if there is a soft spot, it is still that run up the middle. I'm not saying it was a screaming need. It was just frustrating that the two teams that they're in the most direct competition with record-wise were going for him too, and that the Bears didn't make the big push. The one that was more disappointing to me, though, guys, is so Le'Veon Bell pops up. He's getting paid this year by the Jets, so it doesn't cost that much to bring him in. 
Um, and who's the team that goes and gets them? The defending world champions who have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who's been looking like a pretty good rookie running back. But that's this concept of when the windows open, you go for it. And, and um, now the issue with, with, with uh, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Sean, is that we do know about the Bears no turds rule. And, and you know, I don't know if he passes the turd test or not, to be honest with you. I mean, he certainly had his problems in Pittsburgh. Um, there was a reason they got him out of the locker room in New York. Uh, and so that that could have something to do with it, because the thing that that really uh, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy have done the best is build the culture here. Um, but he sounds pretty humble from what he's been saying. And the fact that he is going to the best offense in the NFL, opposed to the offense that is modeled after that offense, but is one of the worst offenses in the NFL. And it's not a slap, slap at David Montgomery. You could use both these guys. I mean, he's a weapon. And, and the Bears, I won't say they never made a move, but they didn't get anything done. And so I, I do know that this is where a lot of Bears fan angst comes from. Other teams know how to make big moves and, and, and try and change the, the paradigm, if you will. And, and the Bears just didn't get it done i mean i feel like it's pretty simple if he's good enough for andy reed he should be good enough for the bears and and really for any team uh i mean that's the the chiefs they they got a steal there they 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 got you know who knows how much that will he will actually uh you know affect them on the field but why not take a chance right well, you got a former All-Pro running back who, by the way, is perfectly suited for the Andy Reid, Doug Peterson, Matt Nagy offense, which is the other piece of it. Uh, as good a receiver as he is a runner out of the backfield. And while I normally don't like his kind of start and stop and pick your whole, uh, you know, type running style, when you're working with a questionable offensive line, it's not always the worst thing in the world. Sometimes you need an extra second to find a seam. Uh, it might not work. I mean, there's no question without the offensive line getting better, nothing else is going to get dramatically better. But it just seemed like a logical move. And, and so the frustration there uh, is, are the Bears going to just stand pat and tell us that, the, that they think they're good enough with what they have? Because I think it's pretty good, pretty obvious, I should say, Kyle, with where this offense is at. I, I think the defense is going to keep getting better. I think they'll be, there could be some improvement in the offense. Um, maybe they could win a playoff game if they get there. But the idea that they're going to you know, get to a championship game or get to a Super Bowl with this offense, that, that seems pretty hard to buy. Yeah, I agree. Um, and we've gone through some of these offensive line possibilities for them. I'm going to throw out a name, and I'm happy that we're not in the same room right now because I have a feeling Hubby will throw a book at me if we were. But I'm going to do it. Um, Antonio Brown is going to be reinstated here soon. Um, he's not going to pass the Bears' turd policy. Uh, I'd say that's very clear at this point. Um, but the Seattle Seahawks have already made it clear that they have a, at least an interest in signing him. And that we're talking about an offense that already has DK Metcalf and, and Tyler Lockett on it. And they're looking to add someone like Antonio Brown. He's a cancer in the locker room. He, I don't know how much he has left to give on the field, but considering the bears lack of explosive options uh, at, on offense, is that worth at least making that call? No, here's the bigger issue, Kyle. And, and no, I, I, I get where you're coming from. And I, I'm not even, I'm not going to suggest you're wrong. Uh, we know he would fail the no turds test, but you know, maybe you make an exception if you think he's the guy that puts you over the hump. But here's the problem with Antonio Brown. When you go study him a little bit and, and you read what Ben Roethlisberger has had to say and Steelers coaches have had to say and his fellow receivers is that the next time he runs a route the way it's drawn up in the playbook will be the first time. That Basically, it was just him freelancing and Roethlisberger finding him. And allegedly, that's exactly the problem that they're having with Anthony Miller right now. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but I, I think even more of a concern than the fact that, or not the fact, the possibility 
that he could be a real problem in the locker room is that, you know, I just don't know that he'd come in, get this offense down and give them what they need to get. He, he apparently spent a lot of time freelancing all those years in Pittsburgh. Uh, that's one of the reasons he was able to get open so often. He was able to break the route and just look for open space. And, you know, Roethlisberger was great at finding him. Now, would Nick Foles or Mr. Trubisky be able to do that? That I don't know. The other thing to consider, too, guys, is just that if you're a free agent right now and if you're Le'Veon Bell or Antonio Brown and you look at the Chiefs offense and you look at the Seahawks offense and you look at the Bears offense, you know, do those guys want to be here? Would they want to come to Chicago to begin with? And that's a real question, too, I think. I don't, you know, I, you're right, Sean, but, but here's the, the, the interesting news. Everything I hear, you know, working the phones and sources and whatever, is that Chicago is not a bad destination right now. Even the offensive guys kind of like the idea of having Khalil Mack and, and, and Akeem Hicks and Kyle Ford on the other side. They know that it is a shutdown defense and the opportunity uh, to be the guy who makes the difference on the offense in the third biggest market in the NFL where all kinds of other opportunities would open up. The idea of them being cheap is just not true. It's just it's an old narrative that, that, that should have gone away a long time ago. Um, and Nagy, the players love playing for him, Sean. We hear that all the time, you know. So um, I don't think Chicago being a good destination is a problem. That, that, that's why I get frustrated. I just don't think the Bears take enough advantage, Kyle, of them being a good destination. Yeah, I don't think that has a ton to do with it. I mean, I, I guess so if you're, if you're coming in on a one-year deal, I, I believe I saw something about, uh, you know, Snacks Harrison on this too, saying that he wanted to go to Seattle. Um, because I believe there was a couple other teams. Was Tampa Bay one that reached out to him? Um, I believe I read that report from Adam Schefter, and he felt comfortable, or he thought that Seattle had the best chance to win. So I guess if you're talking about a guy that might be looking at that, where he's only going to be in the city for eight to ten weeks, that might be enough to push it over the top for him. Yeah, I know that Green Bay and the Bears in Seattle were the teams that were mentioned. It may have been Tampa Bay as well. Uh, but again, if I'm Snacks Harrison uh, and, and I want a chance to win – uh, and I'm going to a team that currently has the worst defense in the NFL, unless he thinks he's going to be the guy that turns that around. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to say, uh, but, but that we're making the same point. Yeah. It, it's, it's, they want to go somewhere where they think they can win now uh, and where it will offer, you know, other opportunities as well. So I guess the, the, the last kind of question for today, and I want to save enough time to really dig into it is, you know, there's a big game coming up Monday night with the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, this is this idea of statement games and playing with teams that, that are other good football teams. Uh, it is interesting. Another thing I worked on earlier this week was looking at all the teams with the top seven records in the NFL. And uh, other than Kansas City, the Bears have played by far the hardest schedule of those teams. The Los Angeles Rams opponents combined record is 9-20-1. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And they beat a 500 San Francisco team. Um, and, and I think that's the only, yeah, that's the only, well, they're not a winning team. They haven't beaten a winning team yet. Uh, their other wins are against the NFC East is, is basically what they've done. They've beat up the, the, the weak sisters. Um, but you got Aaron Donald there. You got that defense playing well. Um, Jared Goff is playing better than he did last year. So 
record-wise, you know, they're, they're, they're sitting there at four and two. It's going to look like a quality win if you can get it. Um, and, and actually, I, I, I take that back. I, now I remember what I was thinking. They've only played one team with a winning record. That's Buffalo, and they lost to them. Uh, their four wins are not against winning teams. You look at the Bears, uh, you know, it was just two weeks ago. They beat a Tampa team, you know, fairly convincingly in the second half, at least, or at least they outplayed them and won the game. And Tampa is suddenly looking like they're starting to get on a roll. Uh, the Panthers came in at 500, and, yeah, they lost to the Colts, but the Colts are another winning team. And, and so – um, it's not that the Bears are playing a, a really tough schedule, but they've played as tough or a tougher schedule than any of the other teams with their record. And so I don't know what to make of this Rams matchup. You know, Sean, I, I, you go in there and, and, you know, with the Bears defense, who on this Rams offense scares you? I mean, Daryl Henderson is interesting because he was selected three picks ahead of David Montgomery in the same draft, and he's got better numbers, but he's playing behind a really good offensive line. Cooper Cup is a very good wide receiver, but I don't see him getting anything better than a draw with Kyle Fuller. Jalen Johnson's playing well. Robert Woods is number two, is a nice number two. Uh, Tyler Higby at tight end. They're okay at tight end. Uh, the most interesting part of the Bears' defense against this Rams offense is going to be that the Rams' offensive line is still playing pretty well. This will be a tougher challenge than the Bears' front seven has had the last couple of weeks since they played Indianapolis. Yeah, you look at the the film from that Rams 49ers game last week, and and at least when I watch it, I I see all kinds of opportunities for that Bears defense. If you know the the 49ers jumped out to an early lead in that game and and basically forced the Rams into into some passing situations, and, and Jared Goff struggled then. So if if the Bears can can slow Daryl Henderson and and that Rams run game, they're going to be in good shape. And I like that you mentioned the. Um, offensive line for the Rams they've they've been really good I think they're uh top five in terms of uh um protecting the quarterback so far here you know you're right Sean they have done a nice job and one of the reasons is because the Rams have made a huge commitment to that offensive line they used I want to say uh, a second round pick on Rob Havenstein they went and made a big free agency deal with Andrew Whitworth when he was already 36 37 years old now they re-signed him again this year he is still playing very well at left tackle up and down that line they've got some guys that were top prospects and that's one of the things you see I don't think that's what's going to beat the Bears though because I, I, I turn it around guys and I look at that Rams offense and I was saying a few minutes ago it just doesn't scare me um, I think the Bears can hold them down enough to where they could score enough points to win uh, that Rams offense, but that Rams defense, who's going to block Aaron Donald? I mean, you know, it, we're talking about the problems on the offensive line. Aaron Donald has seven and a half sacks and eight and a half tackles for loss in his first six games. Uh, he is a, he's a two-time NFL defensive MVP who's well on his way to his third. Uh, the rest of the Rams uh, offense uh, defense has been kind of pieced back together like the Vikings. They did some salary cap moves during the offseason and have obviously done a better job of it. Although I guess the most interesting matchup of the day, I got to believe Jalen Ramsey is going to follow Allen Ramsey, uh, Allen Robinson everywhere he goes. And so that'll probably be worth a ticket by itself. Um, there are ways to attack this Rams defense, but do the Bears have the horses to do it? That's the thing that's just not clear. Yeah, I think it's important for the Bears to get off to a quick start this week. Um, you look back at that game that 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 the Rams just played against San Francisco. Um, Jared Goff is a pretty good game manager, but I don't have any confidence in that guy to bring you back from a deficit. Um, if the Bears can get some points early, which is not going to be easy with Aaron Donald up front, because, yeah, you're right, Hub, I, I don't see a, a, a favorable matchup along that offensive line that he can't take advantage of. 
um, Jalen Ramsey probably will sh uh, shadow Allen Robinson. The way I feel like you beat the Rams is over the middle of the field, and that's going to have to be Anthony Miller out of the slot, and preferably, as you saw with George Kittle, and George Kittle is obviously one of the best, if not the best tight end in the NFL, you can beat the Rams up that seam. Um, Jimmy Graham isn't exactly an explosive guy up the middle of the seam anymore. We saw Cole Komet become a little bit more involved last week. I think you're going to have to expand on that this week. Yeah, that, that in many ways is the key. You're absolutely right. Uh, Jimmy Graham, is. He, I think he's proving he was worth the investment as a red zone threat, but we're not seeing him getting separation from anybody between the 20s and the middle of the field. Having Anthony Miller show up with a big game would be great. Darnell Mooney is going to be part of it too, um, but I'm wondering if you don't try and involve Cole Komet long get more because if you know that other teams have beat these guys with tight ends you don't just say well our kid's not ready you give him a shot you know and um I think Demetrius Harris at this point has shown that he's really nothing more than a number three and the Bears are using him as a number two um and then the other thing is I think they got to get the ball in space to David Montgomery and Cordero Patterson more than they have the last couple of weeks they've been throwing the ball more to Montgomery Sean but 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 maybe not enough uh, and they haven't thrown it enough to Cordero Patterson. They've, they've got to get these guys out in space if they're looking for chunk plays. Yeah, we saw that against Tampa Bay a couple of times, uh, particularly with Patterson up the left side, getting the ball in space. And, and I agree, whether that's through the run game, whether that's through, through these short passes or what, whatever, you've got to get those guys more involved and you've got to keep them involved throughout the game. You know, and it's pretty interesting, guys. Sean McVay uh, had the same offensive guru handle uh, as Matt Nagy. And, and yes, that offense took off a couple of years ago until the Super Bowl when the Patriots held them to three points. Uh, but it has struggled a bit more last year and this year. Uh, he's not exactly lighting up scoreboards either. Um, and, you know, when you look on the defensive side of the ball, while the Rams defense is playing better, it's the Vic Fangio protege, Staley, the, the, the new uh, defensive coordinator out there. And what he's doing is something that the Bears have seen a lot of. They, they know Vic Fangio's defense, you know, and uh, you have to wonder, will that help them uh, exploit it a little bit more? Again, if you can't stop Aaron Donald, you're, you're kind of screwed regardless. But um, if they can at least neutralize him some of the time, uh, they should, Kyle, know how to attack this defense. Yeah, you would think so. Um, and Sean, I'm going to bring you in on this because I, I had asked you to, to look into this a bit more about how Sean McVay is using um, increased motion at the snap to kind of create space for his guys. Um, what have you seen out of, out of that? And do you think that's something the Bears could incorporate a little more into their offense? Yeah, so I actually asked Chuck Pagano about this earlier today, and, and he said, you know, that, that really makes it hard for uh, – defense has to be really uh, disciplined when they're facing a, a team like the Rams with the amount of motion that they're using um, because there's some really cool YouTube videos out there. You can look up just about what they're doing in terms of sometimes the guy in motion is, is just a decoy and it's just drawing attention away, and other times they want to get a, a, a blocker going up full steam ahead at the time of the snap. And, and they kind of use that really effectively, especially against Buffalo a few weeks ago. And um, certainly when you, I mean, the, I don't see nearly as much of that out of the bears as, as what the Rams are doing. And um, you know, you wonder if that's something that they could potentially use in the future. I think it's interesting because Sean McVay has adjusted and that's, you know, their, their percentage of, of how much motion they're using this year is way up compared to what it was last year, um, particularly, uh, you know, 
the the Ravens basically did that to them last year and and he kind of stole that from them and you wonder what Nagy's move is here like you know what adjustments are we going to get from this Bears offense as we're reaching the the middle point of the season here well and guys here's the one other issue with putting more people in motion every time you do you're taking one more potential blocker away and 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 when you can't you know protect the the gap or when you can't create holes or when you can't chip a pass rusher um, and you have one of the weaker lines in football you're just making it that much tougher so I'm not saying that it's a bad idea or they shouldn't try a little bit of it but you can only do so much of it when you're hampered the way they are on the offensive line already when the Bears try and block five with five or even four with five uh, they tend to get their heads handed to them so um, you know it, it might make them more difficult to defend but it might make uh nick Foles, who is somewhat of a statue in the pocket more difficult to protect as well well my thought with that there my counter argument to that would be if if you're doing that if you're using the motion at at the snap is at least maybe you're making those linebackers have to make that decision and it's enough to give david montgomery a little bit more space you know i mean like if you're if you're making linebackers account for that wide receiver coming across at the snap, uh, you know, maybe they can't fill those gaps uh, as, as quickly. And I don't know. I'm, I'm just looking for ways to help that Bears offensive line because they're not getting it done on their own. I think that's what we're all doing, guys. And at this point, <laughs> we're going to have to wait another couple of days and see what happens on Monday night in Los Angeles. This will be, without question, the biggest test the offensive line has had so far. Again, Aaron Donald's only one guy, but he's the best in the NFL right now. and He's not the only pass rusher they have. So um, uh, we'll see if they can get the job done. Uh, it will be fascinating. Uh, first, you just, you know, if you're a Bears fan, you hope that they win. And then number two, if they win ugly again, is anybody going to give them any credit for it or are people going to want to fire more people? So we'll see what happens. Um, we are going to put a wrap on this one for today, though. We appreciate everybody joining us and listening, guys. Uh, if you want to get a regular subscription of the podcast, just go to shawlocal.com, go to the app store on your phone, go to iTunes. Uh, we are back every week talking Bears football and NFL news when it matters. It's been a fairly quiet week uh, around the NFL other than the noise about Antonio Brown and the move of uh, Le'Veon Bell. But next week, it's obviously going to be interesting with the trade deadline uh, coming after a week from Sunday's game. So I'm sure we'll have more of that for you as well. Uh, in the meantime, we hope everybody enjoys the game Monday night. and We'll see you again. We won't see you, but we'll talk to you again next week.